Hello and welcome to episode 09 of the New School HR podcast. This episode is titled The Probation Review. In this episode, I'll be covering a couple of points around your first probation, so I don't think this one will be as long as the others, so sit back and enjoy. So today we have our first weekend recording. I don't think I've ever recorded on a weekend. Um, I'm actually waiting for the fight, AJ, Anthony Joshua, and it said I had about an hour, so I thought, hey, you know what? I'm trying to get this episode, well, season one, finished before the end of the year, so I might as well take the opportunity to do it, rather than playing video games, and I'm a bit bitter, because I still haven't got that Xbox Series X, but there we go. Today's drink of choice, Um, well, Five Guys, Dr. Pepper with vanilla and cherry is the most amazing drink ever. I don't really like sweet stuff, but this is... uh, just the right amount of sugar I think I need so maybe I'm a bit more enthusiastic although today has been a long day although it is a Saturday I've been up since 5 a.m so let's see how we go anyway um oh that's me trying to unlock okay so in terms of the episode seven topics which is around the probation review so the first point is the frequency of reviews and what to expect or discuss Two is around the feedback and opportunities, making sure you cover what has worked, what you have learned, your observations, if you have any at this point, and then seeking out clarity around your objectives. So let's go through. So picking up the first topic around the frequency of reviews. So I think it's very important that we as HR professionals seek out to ensure that we have our reviews. So the frequencies will be different. That will probably be in your contract or your offer letter or part of the interview process that you had. So I always make a point to always make sure that I have mine, albeit I've only worked for three companies. But it is an important thing. And I remember in the company I work at today and the previous one, I chased up my four week, I chased up my eight week and my 12 week because I wanted to know what was expected. Not because I'm unsure of myself or anything but I think it's quite important that if there are things that you can work on and identify at the early stages that you do that and I think it's quite good to get an idea of the structure as well because we will be enforcing that probation procedure on other people potentially failing other people so if you haven't been for it and you don't understand it gonna be a bit difficult the other good thing about these probation periods or reviews rather is it gives you the chance to ask questions, questions about the role, questions about the company. And in this time, you're not expected to know everything, especially within the first four weeks or maybe eight weeks. There may even be new skills that you're learning or new systems. So it's always important to ensure that you ask these questions. The next thing is to share what you've done. I think it's quite easy. Well, I say that there are people who are quite natural in sharing what they do, making it quite clear in public or public forums or whichever way. But there are people who are quite reserved or might not be so vocal because they're quite new and they don't want to share a spotlight on themselves. So this is your opportunity to kind of review what you've done. And I think also sense checking again, it's that piece of sense checking, making sure that you align to the business, the values, the mission, the team even, because 
you can find yourself in a new HR team. It might be that you've been hired as someone completely different to the normal stance that has been displayed. So it's very important at this point that you share what you've done, share your methods, if you like, with your line manager or your team or whoever it is as part of your review. And just making sure you check in on those objectives that are happening each time. I'd be quite concerned personally if my objectives stay the same for week 4, week 8, week 12. So it's also the opportunity to look at what has worked, what hasn't worked. There might be stuff that you've been asked to do immediately that you've boxed off. So just make sure you do that. The other thing I like to do in this forum is to actually give examples as well. So I know I've said share what you've done. Um, but I think it's also the opportunity to show it. So one thing is talking about something. The other thing is displaying it. So I always have whatever presentations or um, any sort of outcomes or anything just in my back pocket to, to display it. I've never had to, apart from presentations. I do like to share those things because um, I have a particular style of how I produce business cases or whatever. So I do share those so that people understand what I'm doing and also to get an understanding of whether or not I'm doing it in the right context. But these are those chances. It is very important. I think a lot of us miss out on it. A lot of us just let it go past, you know. Why are we doing that? We, we have to enforce it. We have to know the process. And actually, no one's telling us we got the job just yet. So remember that. Don't just be walking around like, yeah, I'm the man. You might not even have secured the job. There are people... Many HR professionals I see where, okay, yes, they pass the probation period, but they don't last much longer than that. But you don't see them after a year, maybe, because there's actually been identified issues then. And because they've never asked the question, they've never tried to do anything about it, it just comes to a close. Or they eventually find out it's not right for them. Because it's a two-way conversation, you know. It's not just a case of you have to be right. The business has to be right for you too. And if we're just sitting there doing a niceties and we're not taking that opportunity to find our way with each other and how it works, etc. It might not work for you either. Like, that, that's the thing. That is a thing. It's quite easy to see HR professionals walk into a business that just isn't suited for their style. I've seen many a good HR professionals but just not been right for the industries that they're in or the stakeholders or whatever it is. And this is why it's important to make sure that we box off at the first opportunity. So I guess I kind of covered it, but I just want to hold in on it a little bit. So the next point I want to talk about is feedback and opportunities. So as I said, it is about being right, but you want to collect the feedback during this period of time. Now this, this doesn't when I'm saying feedback, this doesn't just have to be in those meetings. It might be from your new stakeholders. It might be from the people that you're with all the time. But you want to get as me as much feedback as possible. You need to know that your style is working. You need to know what's making people tick or not. You need to be able to give feedback too. So you need to display that you're willing to take it. Like I personally think so anyway. So I find that I'm quite comfortable being challenged. I'm quite comfortable putting my hand up and saying, yeah, you know what, I got that wrong. And people need to understand that. And the way that you display that is by asking for feedback. And, you know, I'm quite explicit, you know. 
there's times when I can see people don't want to tell me what they think. And I'm like, yo, bro, just, just say the thing, you know. It's cool, man. We're adults. We're over 16. Let's lay it out there. Let's get the feedback. Let's clear the air because we want to make this work going forward. Like, yeah, you don't know me right now, but my intention is for you to get the best thing. And then you have to take that feedback and you can't be putting a face on nine. You can't be sitting there like, oh, no, that's not right. Or actually, this is what... No, they, they don't give a fuck about that. So you need to take a step back and listen. There's going to be opportunities for you to correct it, you know. Like, even if they're saying something wrong, sometimes you need to take the feedback, uh, process it, and display the opposite of what they're saying, and then reference it. Like, I do that quite often. And that's how people get to a place with you where they're comfortable. Because they know that you're not just going to go there and make them look like a prick or whatever. You're showing them the respect to give them the opportunity to call you out on something. You're in, you know, at the end of the day, some of these people have been there for time, especially stakeholders. So you're new to their environment and you need to allow them that respect before you start slapping them about. Do you know what I mean? Can't be going up into someone's office and saying, well, this is what worked. Especially, imagine you go across industry, like, you're not even in the same industry no more. And you're trying to talk about some shit that worked in retail, but you're in logistics. Like, the only bit you know is that you take a delivery, not how the delivery is made, so shut the fuck up. And that's what people will say. So that's why it's quite important. I think what I always try and do as well, feedback is one thing, but I always ask people for the opportunities. So there's many people that have... Well, look, if you're, if you're part of a senior team, people have worked in different industries, they've seen different training, different things going on, and you can build those relationships. Like, there's one person where I work right now, I think it's fair to say both of us didn't think much of each other. Both of us probably didn't like each other's style, but we got forced into working together, and we actually get on quite well. And I got a lot of respect for that person's style. Obviously, I can't speak for them and say they feel the same about me, but we have some real heated debate. Not heated, that's wrong. We have some real good debates, challenges. Like, even yesterday, we were on the phone, and they were trying to unlock things because they got such a different way of thinking. And he even says to me, he's like, yo, are you processing? And I'm like, yeah, hold on. And I'll come back with a shot, and he'll be like, ooh, yeah. Yeah, could I come back to him? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then two minutes later, I get the email, ping. And I have to follow him and be like, <laughs> you're reaching now, bro. But that's what you want. You want to be able to expand on things together with your stakeholders. If if you have that as a HR professional, it's so powerful. Because the bit you forget is that these guys are the ones that are customer-facing with your internal customers much more than you are. So if they know uh, the inwards road with you, and that you're always looking for opportunities, that will help them. And you want them to be able to do that as well. You want them to have the same mindset with their people. The other thing uh, I try and do is is look at any areas I can offer support. So touching on the same thing, we all have many different skill sets, and there might be an opportunity for you to display during your probation period something outside. So for example... Uh, where I am right now, they put in a proposal for a premium. And 
pretty weak argument by using something that is just not really, uh, how to put it, it's not something that everyone pays anyway. So you're drawing reference to something to try and outline the severity of something to make an extra payment to people. And so the conversation I had with them was, have you tried a commercial route? And they said, what do you mean? So I said, what is the cost of that customer if you lost them? And what is the sales generated by offering this service that nobody else does? And what is your share of wallet with this customer as a consequence? And they were like, wow, how do you know this? Well, I have a commercial background. And they don't. So, you know, sometimes there's times I have to tell them that, you know, bypass the HR thing. Why are you even coming here, man? Make a, make a commercial approach. Bypass us. And that's the thing that gets you in there, especially very early on, because people can see that, ah, oh, you know what, he's not out for himself, he's out for the best of us. So those are some things that you can do. And then you can ask other people what gaps they have observed, especially if they've been there a longer time. They may have seen some good HR people in their time, or their perception of good, and it's, it's, it's no harm in asking them what did they see, and is there anything that you yourself can incorporate? Because if it adds to your development, then you're all the better for it. Do you know what? I have to admit, I'm listening to this through. I've had to do no retake so far. As in, when I'm listening through, I'm just trying to check the tone. Tone of it is seeming much more like my actual tone on a Saturday because I haven't been HR'd out. Uh, I have been to the gym today. But... I'm quite liking this Saturday vibe, so I might have to do it on a Saturday. I'm even on the gram at the same time. Just looking at things, let's see. All my football fans, so I like looking at funny memes. I'm, I'm quite a realist when it comes to my team as well. I won't say who I support, but I know we're quite rubbish, and it's quite funny. This is quite funny. I do I do still get distracted. I think that kind of is real, though, isn't it? Like, not that I'm forcing it, but... It's just, um, it's quite full on when you're recording. Anyone who's done it, they'll, they'll tell you that. Anyway, back to podcast. Wanted to finish it by the end of the year. So, I like to discuss what's gone well. So, that's not just in the forum of the three review meetings. This is at any opportunity. A bit like what I was saying earlier. So, you have to be honest here. Like, I do see HR people come in. Like, especially at business partner level. And all they want to do is talk about how shit everyone is. And I don't like that. And I try my best not to put that in pressure out there. I mean, I think there's times, unfortunately for me, my face says what I'm thinking. So even if I'm not thinking it, or I am thinking it, but I don't want you to know that, then you're going to see it. But we are where we are, in it. But you have to celebrate the good stuff. You have to, like... You know, I've said it right now, where I am, someone is definitely having their moment right now. And it's cool, man. It's good for them. Because I've had my moment, other people in the team have had their moment, other people have their moment to come. But it's cool. And be honest about the good stuff, you know. So I share my positive experiences, especially from a business area point of view. Like, I think I've said this about stakeholder management in one of the earlier podcasts. You need to share this. Like, you can't just be sitting there saying that everything is bad. Because that's not true, man. Because people have been operating. So, 
That's what I like to do. I like to share my successes or views, sorry, view of success with the HR team as well. I think that can get lost in translation. Uh, this is the first time I've ever joined somewhere as a BP, like new. So I didn't really realize the um, status, if you like, the perceived status, I'm going to say, that a business partner has until I joined this team. Like, it was, it was I felt, I'm not going to say like royalty, but yeah, it was just bizarre. I hadn't had that because obviously in the, the previous company I got promoted. So it was like I had to earn my scratch, whereas here I've come and, and, and people believe I had it from day one. Whether or not they still think that now is a different subject. But yeah, so it's about geeing people up, you know, telling them what's working, telling them what's good across the whole levels. Um, I think that's important. It helps the relationships and it also helps you unlock other people's skill sets, where you can depend on. And that is quite important as you go through your journey. I think sharing what's been really easy to pick up from a business point of view or process point of view what's been smooth because sometimes when you come in your HR director is waiting for you to say everything's useless and I'm going to redo it and I think sometimes you have to be honest with it like we ain't got time to redo everything you know so if there's something that works say it works and then share the support who has supported you and how they've been doing it like this is another key thing we bypass it, you know, I think we just look at a body, but you can get help from all different areas, like, I, I get help from people in, in the um, operational side that you wouldn't think you would get help, or, you know, it's a, okay, maybe not so much help, it's, it's an understanding of what's going on, sometimes you have to go across all levels to understand the business, and when that does happen, when someone's really helped you, Share that with them, especially if you're um, a business partner or, or quite senior. People love that and, you know, people will see that you're not just there to make a hard face or anything like that. So we had a little pit stop uh, before we moved on to the next point. And two things I just realized. So one... Um, I'm being forced, is the only word I can use to explain it, forced to watch The Crown. And I don't like that woman who plays the Queen, the older Queen. Like, she winds me up. I don't care if that's an unpopular opinion, but she can just fucking do one. The next thing I realized was the Five Guys drink that I have, the Dr. Pepper with vanilla and cherry. I say cherry coke earlier, isn't it? But cherry, anyway. I realized I like this because it tastes like I think it's Amaretto Deserano, but without the alcohol. I think that's why I like it. I don't know why I thought of that during my little pit stop, but there we go. Anyway, continuing on, because the fight is probably going to happen in the next 40 minutes, and I have one, two, three, four points to clear. So let's do this. Right, so what have you learned? What have you learned? So self-development-wise, have you learned anything? So I have to admit, when I joined this new company, I learned a lot of gaps in myself that I didn't even realize I have. And the reason I learned it was because the 
role was completely different. Uh, that's actually okay. No, it's not. Um, it's it's turned into more of the role that I was doing in my previous in- employment. But the the team is a lot smaller, so we don't have all the different segments of HR that I had previously. And I realized that as a consequence of that, there was actually a lot of stuff that I bypassed by going from HR advisor to business partner in the last workplace that I just had no awareness of. And I apologize to previous team because I thought I was the shit and I realized that maybe there was still another 25% I could have done better or known or maybe the others in my team had. So that's a real honest moment. I'm cool with it, but yeah, you, you're going to see that when you when you go across. Maybe you go to a bigger team and you're, you stand out, but there's there's different ways of working that you might find that you don't have an awareness of. The next thing I like to do is share any risks that you see. So I I like to do that. I mean, you don't have to listen to me. You know, at the end of the day, I'm not a HR director or anything, but if I see something, I try and highlight that, flag it. Um... The next thing is business learnings. I kind of covered it with the HR side. Um, The only other thing I I have a better appreciation of now is um, reward in HR. Like, because we had a reward team previously where I was, I didn't get to fully appreciate everything, like, you know, the data side of it and all that. It just wasn't a thing for me because we had a spreadsheet, right? So now I understand a lot more of what goes on behind it. Uh, Things like grading and job descriptions i understand why the reward manager at my previous place used to get pissed off at me i understand the importance of the points that they made so you know it is about looking at that and i also understand now the the work that a hr administrator does and you know the value that they have because when you have this can sound really pretentious when you have tears between you and the hr admin you just kind of take it for what it is but there's a lot that goes on there's a lot that they do opportunities get seen all the time so it's very important that you take these things on board whilst you're in that probation stage back onto the business side of it so it's looking at the strategy of the business like what did you learn about it and again if you've seen something that could be done differently say something um, one of my biggest things coming from my very first role in, uh, role in HR was around labor management. It was just something that was really honed in on me individually because I started as a schedule input person. I then ended up running those labor meetings where I was. And so that's an affinity that I always see. Second company, very big focus on P&Ls, more so than the first one. So I have that very commercial sales sort of side to me. And so anything I learn new outside of that is new for me. So things like, you know, man management with large scale teams. Yes, I've done it myself, but not in some of the environments that I'm now in. The the environments are completely different. The rewards for those people are completely different. The camaraderie if that's the word, is completely different. So you're going to learn different things. And it's, it's, it's important, I think, that during your probation, you acknowledge that and you share that. And then moving on to the next part of this, I think it's important to share your observations. So what is it that you've seen different 
I kind of touched in the first bit, but share this across the board. What have you seen different? Um, I've kind of highlighted, I'm reading my notes, I've, I've, I've highlighted everything, but I think the difference in observation and sharing that is where you think there's opportunities to improve and why. So one thing is to say, oh, you don't do this very well. So you might say reward is not great or the operational structure is not great. That doesn't mean fuck all unless you explain it. So I've recently done a restructure of one of, well, I say two teams. So, uh, well, it was my idea. Merging one team into another team and creating a whole, basically a whole structure um, from ground level up. The reason I merged it and the reason I explained it was because actually they all work together, but the difference is you've got them all running around the shop. So the small version of it is took the two teams, merged them together, downscaled their breadth of customer base. That's given an example and that is referencing it and we did um, everything behind that. So the these this is what I mean, yeah? So when I was going through it, I was outlining why and I was able to refer back to previous experience because I'd done the same thing. But just going in and saying that structure looks rubbish is just pointless. And I see that so many times from HR professionals. They come in somewhere and they're just like, oh, that's shit. Yeah, but bruv, tell us what to do then, isn't it? Nothing. That's what you get back. Nothing. Because people want to say shit, but they don't want to do nothing with it. And, you know, for me, if I'm somewhere, whether I'm in week two or week 502 I try to give the same level and you know even if you don't take me on after that or you totally take my ideas and use it and then get rid of me that's never happened but it might do one day then cool isn't it like as long as you do a day's job and I think on the back of that observation if you see any development opportunities for anyone share that as well like I think that's quite important. Once you get to sort of week four, for me, you should have good enough relationships to be able to flag things. But it's not going up to your stakeholder and saying, by the way, you're shit talking to people. It's about actually, have you thought about handling that conversation this way and modeling it? Like I'm quite big on modeling and uh, quick wins. Like, you know, one of the other things I've been saying to people recently is, it's great that we get these turnarounds from me, but it needs to come from you now, innit? Because you need to, have that relationship you need to have those quick wins you need to share it and I was saying to someone I work with like you know we need to start sharing those quick wins across our whole senior team so that's a development opportunity for them so the next oh my that's I don't know why I'm acting surprised because I just sent a message to the group, but it's gone across my iPad, my MacBook, but I sent it from my phone. And then it just pinged up. Anyway, this is why Apple are trying to take over the world. I think they should anyway. That technology is much better than Android. Anyway, so the next part that I think is really important is clarity. Like being clear on some shit. Because I can't lie to you, like Every job I've been in, I get to a point I still don't know some shit that I should know. Now, I'm quite cool. Like, I'm quite okay to be able to say, yo, I don't know what you're talking about. Or, I know you showed me this, but I've not done it for seven months. Or, I know you showed me this and I just didn't have a fucking clue what you said. 
one of the things that new people don't get is acronyms, yeah? Like, everyone loves an acronym, you know? But I don't know what that means, innit? Like, it's not... I mean, one of the... So, referring back to my reward person who used to have a go at me about job descriptions, they always used to say to me, you can't put an acronym in a job description because the outsider don't know what it means. And it was only when I was the outsider that I saw that. Like, they don't mean shit to no one. So I'm quite comfortable with asking, what does that mean? But look, I think the first thing is processes from a HR point of view. Now, uh, I know many of us business partners have this view of, or even HR advisors have this view of, well, I don't do it, so I don't need to know it. Now, bullshit, you do need to know it. Because what happens is your director does the process for their reportees when their person leaves, and then you don't know what they're doing you're not advising them so i don't believe in that i think you should learn the processes of the hr function but the reality is like there's so many processes and what you have to remember is is that and i don't mean this in a disrespectful way but hr coordinator or administrator is not going to have the stuff that you deal with that's just natural right i mean they can but it's probably not going to happen so you have to remember as well, don't beat yourself up if you don't remember every single thing. But you should have an understanding of the basics. Or at least, you know, one thing I say to myself is have the understanding of what my managers should be able to do or have to do. Uh, but again, that's not always easy. I think um, understanding the HR agenda for the year, make sure you understand it. Um, I started midway through the year, so... I haven't actually seen it because of, and I don't like saying it, COVID. But, you know, going into the new year or if you're coming into a business at the beginning of the financial year, understand what the people plan is and what it is that HR is being tasked with achieving. I mean, the reality is in 2020, most HR departments would have achieved more in terms of keeping businesses going or furlough or whatever it is that you had to learn new, you know, the, these are things that would never have been factored into your one-to-ones, but we did it, right? We're going through it, or maybe, unfortunately, we've been a victim of it, but we've learned something. I think the other thing is tools. This is very important. People genuinely, like, undervalue what a tool is, like, I had a piece of equipment that I was used to having and I didn't have it and life was very, very difficult. I was doing, I was trying to do things that I could do at a pace very quickly, very easily without 50% of what I used to have. And so be clear with people in it, like you need this or, you know, these are unfortunate consequences of not having it. Um, but tools also means people for me. So understanding what people are available, what they do, how they're going to support you, how frequent they think they're going to support you. Because that's another thing, you know, like some some places like they don't think they have to interact with you all the time. Not I can't say I've seen that because the teams I've been with have always been fluid, the new place included. So. I don't see it, but 
I've heard stories out there where, you know, business partners or HR advisors don't get the fluidity that they need. The last one, um, no, last two. So what is it your manager actually wants from you? Because I think managers have a great thing of hiring someone and then saying, yes, you're exactly what I needed. And then just letting you go off and do some shit. And then maybe reining you in at some point in six months time. So I always ask, what is it you want from me? Like we've been working together for some time. What is it you've observed? What is it you want me to continue doing? What is it you don't want me to continue doing? What is it you want to see me do more of? What is it you think is a gap? These are important for me. And I always ask after every one-to-one anyway, is there any learnings for me within the period that we just had? Um, my previous manager, damn, like every every time they had something, some of it I didn't agree with, but I had to understand that that's maybe the perception that they had. I mean, that was a regional role. I only saw them maybe once a month, twice a month max. So I get it. But yeah, you know, the, be cool with the feedback when you get it, though. Uh, sometimes it hurts, even if it's inaccurate. But anyway, and then the last thing on that is, what is it you can do without approval? Now, this didn't mean nothing to me where I lost you to work because I didn't really need approval for much. That's that's the honest truth. Uh, we used to get green lights and we'd go off and crack on and do whatever we think was the best way. We'd check in if they think there was a risk or we might get asked how's it going. That was about it. Where I am now is very different and that's because of how the business is designed structurally. This isn't me saying this shit, referring to an earlier point. This is me just saying that it's designed differently. And I, as a consequence of that, I have to understand that I need to ask questions or I need to seek authority, approval rather. So just be aware of it because there's going to be stuff that you maybe would have just dwindled through and maybe someone, you know, maybe your line manager or someone, one of your peers didn't stop you because actually they thought that would be the wrong thing to do. So just make sure you check in. At least then, if you get nothing back, you've done the right thing, which is to ask the question. So that's quite important. So last part of the podcast. This has to be record time. I quite like recording on a Saturday at nine o'clock. I think I might do that. Anyway, let's finish A&M review. So... Last point, you finish a probation, you've passed that shit, someone's going to be signing off a letter somewhere that you're going to get in the post at some point, or if we can save the trees, can you just ask for it to be sent by email about saving the trees? But yeah, you've passed, well done, you're part of the team, you know, it might have been a really intense three months, or you may have even had a six-month probation period, so you should be quite cool with that, you should be proud of that, it's not easy You know, I think we're in a place, I would say from 2018, where, you know, if a business don't like you, they'll just replace you. People are getting more, I'm going to say braver. Like I've seen some shit recently, you know. People just getting letters and saying, yo, don't come back. Here's a bit of money. Go visit a solicitor. So, you know, passing information should not be overlooked. And that's at any level. Like, I think even... 
if I went back to retail right now, I'd still be proud of passing probation because there's so many people out there going for the same job um, in in the local area or whatever. You know, I believe I can be replaced at any point. And if you're in probation, that can be a lot quicker, isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah. Right. So, objectives. Firstly, make sure you fully understand the objectives. What is it they want to see? Why is it they're asking you to do it? What's been done previously on it? Who's going to support you on it? Understand the objectives fully. And if they're linked to the business, yo, I'm going to ask what impact they think I'm going to have on this and what impact the last person had on it. Fair questions. Followed by, is there a bonus for this? Or will they get me a bonus? So I say, you know, I've seen people, HR people, get bonuses because they did some shit that weren't even objective. So, look, ask the question. You know, not not that your objective should be financially driven. I don't believe that. I think your objective should be something that challenges you, benefits you and the business, and learns you and teaches you something. For me, I'd rather have something to put on my CV than to put something in my bank because I'll just waste it on some shit anyway. Especially when you got a kid. So that's what I look for. But, yo, ask the question, innit? Especially if you're going above and beyond with this objective because that can happen. It can be put in there. can have to dedicate a lot of time. So just make sure you understand it. The support to achieve, I just want to hone in on that. It is important to understand that because it might be a peer. You might be sharing objectives. So I had that in my last workplace where me and someone shared an objective. And yo, they were harassing me, man. Even though I did my bit, they were harassing me. The irony was I did more of it. I'm going to say I did more of it in terms of materials and stuff. But anyway, um, they they were quite keen to get it knocked off. Maybe quicker than I was because, you know, I'm one of those people that I like to not take my time. But in this particular field, which was around designing something, I'd like to make sure that it's relevant as well. And at the time, we didn't have the most up-to-date documentation. We was about three, no, let's say two and a half years out of date. So for me, I'm not rushing to put that through when I know there's something else there that I need to see first. But anyway, that's a bit personal. So anyway, make sure you understand it. I think the peer-to-peer objectives, I hate it. I hate it. I don't, I don't think it should exist. But it does. And if you are in that bracket, you've got to make, what is it? Teamwork makes the dream work. Make sure that you do have an individual one with a strong weight. So weight is in like relevance of importance towards your scene success because i think if the peer-to-peer one is the heavy-weighted one then it's gonna start some unnecessary not confrontation but it will cause problems so hr directors stop giving us joint objectives that is 50 percent of our money that's just not cool man that's what you pay us all equal salaries for, right? Even though we're not always on equal salaries. But yeah. Ask what happens if focus, change or requirement is put on hold. That's me reading from the notes. 
that's quite an important one as well. Will they consider that you've had to put that on hold because A, the business didn't want to do it anymore and they asked you to do something else or B, the business just didn't want you to do it anymore so that doesn't exist anymore. Because I would be saying, now, this is me personally, if we've got objectives and we're clear on it and we understand it and we buy into it, if it's been taken away, I want to know what's going to replace it, whether that's financially driven or not. Because if I've invested in this objective as a development piece, what's the development I'm going to get then? So let's look at it on the bigger piece. Um, I, I guess one of the other things as well is that if the business overall, so if you're part of a group business model and they just come and piss all over it because they're giving you something 20 times better than what you could have done, yo, quick win, that's fine. If that makes life easier because you've given me this as an objective because you want it installed in the business and it's been done, that's cool. I'll go focus on something else for you. That's not a problem. So be be sensible, be adult, but just make sure you understand, yeah? The next thing is, I have seen this, what if the project is over a year? Because you're only objective for a year. So what is the percentage completion or what is the stage they want you to get to by the time you finish that year? That is also quite important to know. So yeah, that is generally what I do in terms of my objectives. So look, that brings us to an end of this podcast. It brings us to 10.15. I believe that's 15 minutes till the fight. I think, you know, look, this is uh, episode 9. There's 10 episodes in this season. I'm looking to record the last episode. The last episode is what I'm really looking forward to the most. I really am. So hopefully we get that knocked out soon. Uh, this is being recorded on Saturday. From what I'm hearing so far, not much to do, so it might even go out tomorrow, which is Sunday. 12 days of Christmas and all that. I was thinking of chuckling a joke there. You know, 12 days of Christmas, new school gave to me a podcast. But nothing else. Maybe the last episode before Christmas, but no guess. Some ideas, though. you got the five guys. Listen, five guys, Dr. Pepper, Vanilla, Cherry, Mm. De Serrano without the hangover. Think about it, people. Anyway, on that happy note, that's it for today's episode. As always, questions, feedback, not that I really get any anyway, drop it in the messages, drop us an email, email just on the thing. I think season two is where it's really going to kick off. Like, I've mapped out the episodes, I'm realizing I have to do research for stuff. I haven't actually done the, you know, I, so how it works is I map out the season. Season we mapped out with the episode and the topics. So I try and go for seven topics each episode. That's been done for season two, but I think each episode is going to take some writing. So I'm looking forward to it. I don't know how 2021 is going to set up, but let's get through season one. Thanks if you've been listening throughout. It would be really cool to hear from someone, someone. Uh, but yeah, look, thanks for listening. Enjoy the fight. Boom. <laughs>